0: With Pantai Hospital Kuala Lumpur.
1: And this morning from Pantai Hospital Kuala Lumpur is Dr. T. Sao Kwan, who's a neurologist. Good morning.
0: Morning, Dr. T. Good morning, everybody. So tell us what is epilepsy and how prevalent is it in Malaysia?
2: Yeah, actually epilepsy is quite prevalent in Malaysia. And epilepsy is a disease in which a person has a recurrent epileptic seizure. And actually, what is epileptic seizure? So it's an abnormal transient, transient means just a short period, occurrence of signs or symptoms due to the abnormal and excessive synchronized nerve discharge in the brain. Mm.
0: What does that mean, uh, synchronized nerve discharge in the brain?
2: Actually, it's like an electrical activity okay. that started in the brain that causing an abnormal movement in the body that we can see.
1: Right. And it's completely involuntary,
2: right? Yep, It's out of control.
1: Okay. And what are the risk factors for epilepsy?
2: So, there are a lot of risk factors for epilepsy. One of them uh, is non-modifiable, which is the age Mm. So, those extreme ages, for example, like kids or elderly are at higher risk of getting an epilepsy. And those patients with a positive family history of epilepsy, especially the first degree relative, for example, like parents, siblings. So, those are higher risk of getting epilepsy and some of the epilepsy actually are familiar. And other risk factors including dementia history of childhood seizure, including childhood febrile seizure, or what we call fever with fits, and also those patients with autistic spectrum disorder.
0: Right. Okay, so it's genetic, I'm getting as one of the messages you're saying.
2: Yeah. Some of the epilepsy may may have genetic components, but it's not just a pure single genes involvement. Sometimes Mm. it's more to polygenic. Means multiple genes involvement,
0: and how does something like dementia um, connect or correlate with epilepsy? Uh,
2: there's no clear explanation for that, but uh, most likely is the dementia causing certain degree of uh, structural damage in the brain that maybe precipitates the seizure.
1: So, doctor, a little early on, you touched a bit on um, who might be susceptible, but what are the causes of epilepsy?
2: So causes and risk factor is slightly different. Causes mean what caused the epilepsy. Risk factor means who are more prone to get epilepsy. So causes of epilepsy, I would divide uh, generally into two big categories. So the first one is congenital. Congenital means you are born with it. For example, those patients with abnormal formation in the structure of the brain brain structure. So those are patients with a, uh, can, call, can have an epilepsy. So the second category would be acquired. Acquired means you get it after uh, you, 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 you were born normal but you get the disease later on in the life. For example, like brain tumor, stroke, you have a brain trauma causing injury to your brain, a brain infection, and autoimmune causes. Autoimmune causes means your antibody attack part of your brain. And also lack of oxygen to the brain, no matter what is the cause. Alcohol misuse and also metabolic causes. Metabolic causes actually including very low sugar or very high sugar, very low sodium level. There's some of the examples. Um,
1: So is it something that you can predict assuming that you know that there's a family history? So that would be an indicator of a possibility but it doesn't necessarily have to present, right?
2: Yes, you are right. It just tells us that the likelihood of an epileptic seizure is higher in those patients but it doesn't tell us that the patient has epilepsy.
0: So what are some of the symptoms of epilepsy? I would imagine that there's a sort of a range of uh, ways it actually uh, shows itself.
2: Yeah, yeah. So epilepsy syndrome actually is a spectrum. So it's it can be ranged from an absyn. Epsom means it's just like a daydreaming. You mm. just see like the patient is just like stop. Oh, daydream. like phased out. Sort yes, of thing. you're okay. right. Uh, from daydreaming or face out up to the whole body jerking. So it's mm. a spectrum. So what are the symptoms? So that usually I divide into uh, at least two parts. So the first part, some of the patient may have aura. Mm-hmm. So, aura is a typical feeling just before the seizure started. Usually, it's a very unusual sensation, just started seconds to minutes before the seizure. Some of the patients may even able to tell the surrounding people that, oh, it's coming, it's coming. Yeah. So, what are those feelings? So, those feelings include a sudden intense fear of unknown origin. deja vu, deja vu means they just feel like the whole environment is very familiar to them an unusual taste, usually it's a bad taste uh, or Mm -hmm. smell, and butterfly in the stomach, and also hearing unexplained music or song. Sometimes even they can have tingling uh, sensation of the body or even visual hallucination in which they see flashes or colorful uh, balls or butterflies. Mm -hmm. So those are auras. But for for the semiology, semiology meaning that the seizure per se, the patient may have an abnormal eye blinking one side or bilateral uh, hands or leg shaking, abnormal position of the eye, either looking to extreme left or right or up, and posturing of the limb, abnormal posture, face twitching, stiffness of the limbs, And the patient may or may not be aware or may or may not be conscious of what is happening.
0: Dr. T, a little earlier on, we are talking about, you know, the symptoms of epilepsy. And you were saying one of them was almost like daydreaming. So if it's so sort of subtle like that, how can epilepsy be diagnosed?
2: Yeah. So epilepsy is not easy to be diagnosed, except for those patients who has a whole body jerk that will be easier and obvious and everybody, even family, will just bring the patient to the hospital. Unfortunately, there is another group of patients in which just daydreaming or some of the subtle symptoms. Some of my patients may miss the diagnosis for many, many years. And or else they may turn up in a psychiatrist instead of a neurologist. So to get the diagnosis of epilepsy, I uh, the neurologist or the doctor need to get a thorough history uh, by the patient's and also the eyewitness, whoever uh, see the, uh, the, the the seizure, and also performing a complete physical checking on a patient to look for any focal weakness, any one-sided weakness or abnormality, and also additional video or CCTV is very, very helpful to me. Right. So some of my patients may show me some CCTV of the seizure so that I can localize. I know that where is it starting from and whether this is a real seizure or not a seizure. And also the doctor usually, usually is a neurologist. We will order extra testing, for example, like scanning of a brain to look for the brain structure, either a CT scan or an MRI brain, and also a electro. Encephalogram, or we call EEG, to look for the brain activity and also um, sign of seizure in the brain.
0: I was just going to say, like, you know, when you take a CT scan, for example, yep. or imaging of the brain. Yeah. How, what does epilepsy look like?
2: Yeah, you can't really see epilepsy in the MRI, but usually what we want to look for is any structural abnormality that might be the precipitating cause or might be the etiology or the cause for the seizure. So certain features in the MRI, usually MRI is more, much more sensitive compared to a CT scan. So if the CT scan of the patient is normal, I would really highly recommend to do the MRI brain, and some of the structure in the brain might be the cause of epilepsy.
1: What about the, the onset of a seizure, for example? Mm. Is it always spontaneous? Are there triggering events?
2: Yeah, yeah. So, seizure can hap- happen actually spontaneously, or sometimes it may be triggered by certain things. For example, what we call as a provoking factors. For example, if the patient has a lack of sleep. If the patient has intense emotional or physical stress or the patient missed medication, uh, I mean, it can cause a seizure. But sometimes for the first seizure, it may just happen spontaneously as well. So, Doc, what, uh, what different types
1: of epilepsy are there?
2: Yep. So, in general... Epilepsy means epileptic seizure, means the seizure is uh, coming from the brain. So in general, epilepsy, we divide it into two types. The first type is more to a generalized epilepsy, meaning that the electrical activity in the brain start bilaterally from both sides of the brain. And usually the clinically patient have both sides, stiffness or jerking. So the second type is a focal epilepsy. Focal means you start from one point of the brain. So either it's a left or right, front or back, and it subsequently spread. It may or may not spread to the whole, I mean, bilateral brain. So in focal epilepsy, usually patients will present that with more to focal side, for example, like one-sided jerking. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, what is the treatment for epilepsy?
2: Yeah. So usually treatment for epilepsy, we use a oral treatment what we call as oral anti-seizure medications. The old term we use as anti-epileptic medication, but now we tend to use as anti-seizure medications. So those medications actually help to control the seizure. Unfortunately, it's not a cure, but it's to control and suppress the seizure so that the patient can be um, out of the seizure and uh, at least they are safe. So other treatment, other than the anti-seizure, we have many anti-seizure medication. I think it's more than 10 oral treatment. Uh, and some of them can be injectable as well, if needed. So the second type of treatment, I would say that is uh, more to diet, what we call as a ketogenic diet. So ketogenic diet, usually because of the ketone, actually it's, it's anti-seizure property. So, uh, this diet uh, should be prescribed by a trained dietitian.
1: Okay, so so therefore you're saying there is no cure per se.
2: Yeah, I mean the the anti seizure medication is not a cure, but for focal epilepsy, epilepsy surgery may be a cure for Mm. those patients. Okay, how
0: does in what way how does that work?
2: Yeah, so epilepsy surgery I would divide it into either curative or palliative. So curative means you can cure. The disease. Palliative means you just lighten the symptoms of the disease. So epilepsy surgery, how does it work? So if you see a patient with a focal epilepsy, um, and the MRI shows the focus which can explain the symptoms of the seizure, and we did an electroencephalography which is the EEG monitoring of the brain activity for five days and we try to capture if there's any seizure and if the seizure is coming from the part of the brain which shows in the MRI and we will try to usually we gather all the information including a psychiatrist and a psychology input and among all the doctors of multi-discipline we will discuss And we'll try to propose a surgical uh, resection of that particular um, pathology or the disease in the brain. And hopefully, um, the disease can be cured.
0: Last question. What's the one most important thing you say to all of your patients?
2: I would say to all my epilepsy patients, not to give up. Keep going.
0: Thank you so much. We've been talking to neurologist Dr. T. Sao Kwan from Pantai Hospital, Kuala Lumpur screen to be sure. Together we find the cure.